Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, and this is a special Bachelor Rush Hour bonus episode for you today on this Thursday, March 11th, 2023. Maybe you're getting this on a Friday. Either way, we're doing something new and innovative here in the world of podcasting, which is a crossover episode, which means this whole episode is going to be a crossover episode of Game of Roses podcast. They are one of our favorite channels, and they will be sharing one of our episodes on their platform. And what this does is it gives us a great way to introduce each other to our loyal audiences. This is all spurred because of a clip from a Nick Vile podcast where he referred to uh, independent podcasts as micro podcast. Here's that clip. Like they have absolutely no ability to assert their perspectives. And so they are like caught where like the- true every you have all these other like little podcast and micro shows, micro shows, micro shows, micro shows, micro shows, micro shows, micro shows. Okay, so there it is, folks. Micro shows. And hey, look, we are we are glad to be a part of the conversation and we are not bitter at all, but it is a good use of our time to promote each other as micro shows. We don't have the verification of Twitter or Instagram. We don't have the publicists and all of the access we get to the show. No, we are grassroots, baby. We exist because you all were loyal. That's how my channel works. And of course, Game of Roses is unlike any other out there. They've published a book called How to Win the Bachelor. They've got multiple podcasts a week, a YouTube channel, good, great, amazing uh, short form content, always poking fun at the absurdities of the show. So I'm going to play that full episode for you right now. And if you like it, you can go over to Game of Roses and listen to them, subscribe and all that jazz. All right, folks, without further ado, here it is, our bonus crossover episode, Game of Roses. It's the Game of Roses, welcome to the Game of Roses, this is the Game of Roses, welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses, this is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, it is Friday, that means the end of the week and the beginning of this week in Bachelor Nation, The The Nation. Nation. Reality Nation. Bachelor Nation is, I believe at this point, absorbing or being absorbed by Love is Blind Nation. A failed state. <laughs> I don't know if it's a failed state. <laughs> it's it's more like America. A state that is uh, sliding into second place and ignoring the fact that that is happening. I think it's a head and sand state, uh, much like our own, much like our own beautiful country. Mm, an ostrich. But uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that today, of course, about Love is Blind's continued influence on the reality TV dating arena. We'll be talking about those news tids. We'll be talking about some of those gains. We'll be talking about all the parasocial plays, everything that you've come to know and love here on This Week in Bachelor Nation. But before we begin, we do have some of that business. First of all, bad at job mugs are still available at gameofroses.co. If you have someone in your life who needs to be told they are bad at job and you don't know how to tell them, buy them this mug. Give them this mug. I have several. <laughs> you have a lot of these people in your life? A lot of bad at jobbers? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that I do. I don't know that I do. But what about Skabulian? Skabulian's great at his job, being cute and tearing the living shit out of my arms, <laughs> tasting my blood on a daily basis. But you could get him the mug, and he could eat like cute little cat things out of it. Yeah, he does now demand to drink out of a human water glass. He will no longer drink <laughs> from his bowl. So there's that. But uh, bad at job. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Good job, I think. Nonetheless, these mugs are now available at GameOfRoses.co. We hope you're enjoying them. Um, and we also have a, another bit of business here to discuss. Big business. It has recently come to our attention that after we were told there would be no paperback <laughs> version of How to Win the Bachelor from our publisher, a box of paperback books arrived at my door, <laughs> which means I guess there is going to be a paperback version of How to Win the Bachelor. Looks like Surprise it. Surprise to us. News to us. <laughs> but right now, if you've been waiting for this book to come out in paperback to pick up your copy, you can mm -hmm. go to Barnes & Noble and you can pre-order the paperback, which is going to come out May 23rd. And if you pre-order it through barnesandnoble.com, you're going to get 25% off of it right now. So again, this is How to Win the Bachelor, our magnum opus that tells you everything you need to know about the history of the game, at least up to season 25. And how to go through the game, how to progress through it if you're a player. It'll also give you a greater understanding of the subtle nuance in each of the different various pieces of the game, the different tiers, the different uh, elements of a season. You can pick this up right now. You can get 25% off if you pre-order it at Barnes & Noble right now. And now that it's a paperback, guess what? You're not going to have that hard cover that's preventing you from sneaking it in under your clothes if you're a player into the mansion. Yes, the paperback is much more portable. It could just look like a bloating belly. Okay. There's just one idea. <laughs> the bloated <laughs> belly bachelor, how to win the bachelor paperback book sneak in strategy. Yeah, you just stick it under your belt. You belt it to your body. I don't sure. know. Just an idea. No, it is something that we're very proud of. We wish we would have had more time to uh, figure out to do something with this. Mm -hmm. But again, this was a surprise to us. We were, we were told... We may still... We might do a <laughs> giveaway of sorts. Yeah, we're thinking about ways that we can uh, we can get this out to you. But again, right now, available at barnesandnoble.com, 25% off if you pre-order it before May 23rd. We have a note from Grace Ann, a.k.a. The Dark Seeker. She says, The Digging Deeper this week is a certified juicer. Oh, wow. So look forward to that on Monday. Great digging deeper. And what is juice? Is it sauce and tea a, combined? I think a juicer means tea and sauce. I think it's like in a smoothie situation. 50% tea, 50% sauce? Mm-hmm. Mix them together in a blender. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly the sauce wars are... <laughs> I Every week, basically, I'm like, I can't believe the sauce wars are getting even crazier. And they do every yeah. week, especially with what's going on in Love is Blind now. We're going to get to some of that in the news. Basically, every player from season four that wasn't given a protected <laughs> player edit has now come out in some way against their edit, against what the producers have done. Jacqueline Bonds recently has, has said some stuff, which we're going to get to in the news. And of course, we had our interview earlier this week with Nick Thompson and Jeremy Hartwell, who were two players from uh, Love's Blind season two. Hartwell was a forgotten. Nick Thompson obviously went on to the altar with Daniel Rule. Um, and the things they're saying are clear contract violations, but all in the service of this bigger goal that is getting put in place some kind of an organization like you can, like the one that they have, have started to help players transitioning out of these shows or to even help them while they're in the shows with contracts and all kinds of other things. So they're doing important work. It was an astonishing interview. If you haven't listened, listened to our, our interview this week. We're going to have, there have been some responses from someone's great one who is, I guess, forming a rivalry <laughs> with Nick and Jeremy. His, his <laughs> a, a new God. Love is Wine versus Bachelor rivalry. Yeah. 
Nick and Jeremy versus Nick. Well, it's, I mean, we might as well just get into state of the game uh, at this point. <laughs> this is a little state of the gamey, so let's just do it. This is Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the game. We are going to talk about who is rumored to go to paradise for the state of the game, rest assured. But I also want to talk about what is happening with Vial, with the great one and what he said. And again, we're going to cover this in Digging Deeper next Monday. But the great one has essentially come out against Nick Thompson and Jeremy Hartwell and said <laughs> they're sour grapesing. That's why they've uh -huh. that's why Hartwell has issued the lawsuit, and that's why they're starting you can. And it it just again, we've we've talked about this a bunch with Vial. It's his own sour grapesing. It's that he had a very specific and unique experience going through the bachelor machine, which was completely protected basically from the beginning. He wound up being second place in Bachelorette season 10. That was his rookie season, Andy Dorfman. He then comes in with producer help to crash in episode four of season 11 of Bachelorette. That's Caitlin Bristow. He then goes on to win second place there. He then does an end run in Bachelor in Paradise season five, I think it was. And then he becomes the crown. All of this is producer aided. Yes, maybe yeah, he's what did had. What you call it? The tetra. A tetralogy, a four-part series. <laughs> um, but this idea he can't see outside his tetralogy. He can't, and nor, by the way, do I think other super protected players can. Like, if you're looking at Love Is Blind season four, ask mm -hmm. uh, Brett Brown and and Tiffany Pennywell if they had the same experience that Nick Thompson had. No, they didn't. It worked out very well for them. They have massive followers. We're going to talk about that too, obviously. So there's this, this idea within reality television that some people are selected essentially to have fantastic experiences. Others are not. And even if you do get a little bit of the torture that comes with being in reality TV, as long as the outcome is good for you, you will be far less likely to speak against it. And I think really uh, what Jeremy Hartwell and Nick Thompson are doing, the, the biggest challenge they're going to have is to get somebody at one of those high levels, somebody who's considered a success yeah. story to come out and talk about the negative shit that happens to them. You see it a little bit with Caitlin Bristow when she's talking about producers wiping her lips and, and licking the <laughs> saliva after she kisses Nick Vile, shit like that, you know? But um, at any rate, the real state of the game that we want to talk about is Bachelor in Paradise season nine it is almost upon us. The shooting for this season is going to begin in early June. A bunch of players have already gotten their invites. Uh, some still waiting. And you can get that invite all the way up to the last day, pretty much. And in some cases, they even do it while they're shooting. They'll, they'll invite you down. They give you uh, no warning, no fair amount of time to tell your employer or your loved ones, hey, I've got to go do this thing for a minute. They just don't give a fuck. But... There are already rumors swirling about people who have not only gotten, but accepted the invites. We're going to start with the ladies of season 27. So far, none of this is confirmed. This is all rumors. We've got Kat Wong. We're speculating. Who I think also goes by Kat Carter. I, I can't figure this out. I see her name differently on different websites, on different uh, mm. Bachelor Wiki and all this stuff. But she was the faceplay cat from season 27. Then the other cat, Catherine Izzo, Ariel Frankel, Brianna Thorburn. Cat with a K. Cat with a K. Uh, Brianna Thorburn, who was America's Femme recipient, uh, the first and hopefully only one. First person to make their own women tell all birthday. Real surprise. Uh, yes. Um, whatever that video was, it was the first of its kind. And um, 
<laughs> I, I don't know what to say about it. Go check it out. It's on our Instagram if you haven't. Um, Brooklyn Willie and Christina Mandrell. These are all players that are rumored to have received the invite and said yes. Again, these are rumors. We cannot confirm this. Yes. But Christina Mandrell yeah. is my dream player to see on sand. I thought maybe she wouldn't be on sand because of her women tell all being cut out of it, but I have I have hopes and dreams for her on sand. I do as well. I mean, look, you know, we we correctly said that she was a fantastic player and she just got cut short by circumstance, really. Um mm-hmm. I do think unprotected. Yes, definitely not protected. I do also think that these producers hate social media. And because she's an influencer, yeah. it wasn't even like they were trying to make an example of her. If they would have been doing that, they would have like drug her through the season and made her a villain more and more and more. Yeah, put her on the two-on-one. She was just eliminated, um, you know, way too early in my opinion. But I think that she's got to be careful of that. However, Paradise is a different thing. It's It's not the... I mean, as we've talked about, you know, a lot on this show, it's different than 30 players going head to head against each other in this game of attrition. You now have a little more room to move. You can, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, play this person, play against that person, play with this person, whatever. There's a bunch of different things you can do in paradise to stick around and to rehab your image. If you want to, um, that again is, is, uh, partially up to the producers, but I think she's got a chance to do that. Like crystal Nielsen. Exactly. Um, and then on the guy's side, we are now having rumors of a return to sand for Rodney Matthews and Andrew Spencer, who we saw yes. last season. So Let's yes, <laughs> we don't get to see him on Bachelor Live, but we may get to see them on right. sand. <laughs> Will there be another uh, group breakdown when Rodney Matthews leaves after producer manipulations? We don't know. Well, hopefully he won't leave or he will leave engaged. Yeah. And there is now rumor that we may see... Package deal player Nate Mitchell arriving on sand as well, which could be very interesting. What? Yes. Exactly. So we'll have to wait and see. He's so good. He's another one who like had crown potential and kind of was, there was some mistiming of events. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what was um, Jason Mesnick when he was on Almost Famous OG talking to Tristan Rain, Sutter and Bob Gingin was essentially saying that, that he was called by producers to fly out to do a Council of Crowns for another single father. They mistakenly on that show thought that he was talking about Michael Alio, but it wasn't. It was Nate Mitchell. I believe Nate Mitchell was queued up to be the next Bachelor. Then these rumors and allegations came out that he was dating somebody else and they kiboshed the whole thing. Now, this is not where the rumors end. The biggest two rumors Mm -hmm. right now that are out there in the world about two people who have not only received invitations, but agreed to appear on sand are none other than two former crowns, Clayton Ultimate Viking Eckerd and Rachel, Rachel Recchia. Our first male tropical royale, our second female tropical royale. Well, neither of them are are tropical royales because they didn't win rings. Oh, yeah. Damn it. They're simply leads. But our crown returning. Yeah. Now, I love this. There are massive implications for this. Obviously, the, things didn't end well between them. They will be protected. They will they will have their pick of the sand. But they themselves have beef. The rose ceremony from hell, if you'll remember, starred Rachel Recchia oh, but they, with. They squashed it, right? 
Let's watch it in that TikTok. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess. But, um, you know, the producers are going to try to drum that up again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be Rachel Recchia going, I'm so excited for sand. I just hope Clayton's not there. And then he'll saunter down. I mean, that is one thing we have never seen is uh, a lead being confronted by somebody they wronged in a late phase of the game like that. On sand, I mean. And Mm -hmm. that will be fascinating if true. Again, these are rumors. I think some of them are likely very true. However, I can say that. But I don't I don't know. I don't know for sure if this is going to be what it's shaping up to be. But like I said, these are the rumors. I hope this is the cast because this is shaping up to be an incredible season. Yeah. Ugh. I agree. I can't wait. Again, this shit could all fall by the wayside. And, and when is this airing? I don't know. It starts shooting in early June. And I would guess you're looking at Charity Lawson season is going to air the end of June. So all of July, um, most of August. I would guess this doesn't mm-hmm. start airing until the end of August, which is usual for Paradise. Hopefully they don't do us dirty and double it up like Bachelor Monday nights, Paradise Tuesday nights. Really don't want that oh to happen. Oh my God. But I can see it don't happening. Don't even put that out into the universe. They've done it before. But at the very least, they're going to do Bachelor in Paradise on Monday and Tuesday nights for a couple of weeks. There's no way that won't happen. So just get ready for that. Just air it every week, please. <laughs> DLP. Hear my cry. <laughs> Once a, a week plea. episodes for me, your best friend. <laughs> They're absolutely not going to do that. We are going to be watching this on Monday and Tuesday nights. But we hope that this season turns a corner in paradise. And I think it can because of the, the dynamism of some of these players. Mm-hmm. I'm just God. hopeful that they are taking notes, is... that they watched Perfect Match. But I, I have a feeling that, uh, and by feeling, I mean, an accurate feeling that these producers are kind of burying their head in the sand in terms of even acknowledging that love is blind, not only exists, but is taking the dominant spot as the premier reality TV dating game. I think the bachelor producers are just like, Nope, what's love is blind. We're still on top. And so I think they're, um, they're not very much incentivized to change their format. And I think we're going to get a repeat of last season of Bachelor in Paradise. That's my prediction. Again, you think I, they're gonna what? You think they're gonna do a, a Casa Amor again, or what? What did they call it? No, I don't think they'll do that again because it Stupid clearly week? didn't work. Yeah, it was called um, Split, Split week, week. They called it, but I don't think necessarily they'll do that again. But I just, I mean, in terms of how they're presenting the players, how they're editing them, how. You know, remember when Teddy Wright was like, oh, I want to go on this date. And they told her, no, you can't. And she was just like, fuck it, I'm out. I think it's going to be yeah. things like that will will remain true because Do you I think believe we're going to see another Sally suitcase. Something like that. Yeah. If there's a player who wrongs them in some way, they will do everything they can to punish that player. I think I look, it's just the same producers. I know they got rid of Mike Fleiss, but it's the same fucking producers. Martin Hilton, Nicole Woods. Bennett Grabner, Peter Geist, Louie. These guys are all still there. They're still doing it. They've been doing it for the past four or five years. These are the people who have taken our beloved game to the state that it is now in. They enjoy the control, and I think they hate the players. Opto 2023. Maybe Fleiss had his 
demon fists on top of the show, holding mm. everyone down. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll be free and better. Opto 2023. Opto 2023. Well, we're going to get to uh, at least some of the promotion for the upcoming season of Bachelor tw- Bachelor at 20 in the news. And we'll see... Um, <laughs> uh-huh. We'll see if it's any better. I don't even think of that as promo. <laughs> okay. I think of that as trolling charity. <laughs> God, I know. All right. Well, anyway, that wraps up State of the Game. We've got all these players that are rumored to be coming to Paradise. And um, I, for one, hope that we do get to see a Rachel Reckia and Clayton Eckert on sand. Yes. I think it would be groundbreaking and potentially infuse some much-needed life into uh, this kind of dwindling franchise, in my opinion. But let's move on to that segment of our program where we are talking about the Instagram numbers for our favorite players. This is This Week in Games. Well, nothing much to report on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelorette Front. Almost as little as there is in season. We're seeing out of season. (laughs) But... Love is Blind, the other nation, the other pit. All of the players started sub 10K. I think we can confirm that the Instagram champion of the season, the first place and biggest gain is Tiffany Pennywell. She gained 74.5K, then 151K, then 485K. And now she's at 592K, up 107K this week. And her partner is in second with the second biggest gain. That is Brett Brown. He went from 86K to 166K to 459K to 556K. He's up 97K this week. He is in second place. Our 4TRR couple, whom Clues basically said his life would end if they didn't say yes at at the marriage. And there's been a lot of conjecture out there, too, about this couple, that they knew each other before Love is Blind, possibly. What? Yep. Because, yes. Now, look, this is all just in the forums. You know what I mean? There's, there's no, there's nothing corroborating this, but get out of there, clues. These things that I read, I I try to keep up on the news. Uh, (laughs) Tiffany Pennywell. I guess as a recruiter who has worked with Nike before, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that they have in some capacity crossed professional paths. Oh my God. I mean, look, I've heard that rumor about Serena and Brandon as well. Yeah. Yes. Same. So I don't know what to make of it. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. It does seem like, um, you know, they haven't had one of those Lauren speed, Cameron Hamilton type couples since season one. Is it out of the realm of possibility that these producers fucking just engineered this? Absolutely not. So it's possible. But the the more important thing here, whether they knew each other or not, is these numbers, in my opinion. Tiffany Mm Pennywell is going to break 600K. Now, Lauren Speed has over a million. Is is Tiffany Pennywell going to reach a million? I don't know. She also is kind of a little different than Lauren Speed. Lauren Speed is like an influencer. She like knows how to work this shit. I don't feel like Pennywell is that. I think she's just getting the benefit. Maybe she becomes an influencer or something, but she's not like, she's not a professional influencer. Like Lauren Speed basically was coming into the game. I feel like, you know, but what if Brett and Tiffany do like a YouTube channel or even get their own love is blind spinoff love is blind after the altar or whatever. Don't they have that as a show? 
Maybe they I could pick so. up gains from that. Yeah, and there's still there is room for them to grow. To who knows what's going to be coming down the Netflix roster if they start doing things where they bring back the old crowns, to have councils of crowns or hosts. I don't know. There's not really group dates in in Love's Blind, but you know who knows. The, or the I couples think there's, who are there's together still... to compete in some other couples challenge. Right. I think there's still room for growth here. But again, the the biggest thing to take away from this is these numbers eclipse. I mean, they're more than double anyone from Bachelor season 27, including The Bachelor and the ring winner, Katie Bigger. Um, moving on. Marshall Glaze is at 531 now. He gained 67K this last week. And, and this is the week after the reunion. There was no Love is Blind material on television this week, and they're still getting these gains. And this is when he was going through a controversy, too. Oh, right. He had a big Twitter controversy. Some old tweets came out that he had to apologize for. I put in here just as a marker of reference, Justin Glaze, his cousin, and the second place finisher in Bachelorette season 17, still at 144K, no gain from last week. We've got Jacqueline Bonds, the villain, arguably, of the season, or one of them is at 156K, up 18K from last week. Uh, Chelsea Griffin is now at 431K, up 78K from last week. Kwame Apia is at 326K, up 59K from last week. Bliss Porizzati is at 518, so she's in the 500K club. She was she gained 91K this week. Zach Goitowski, her, uh, her first choice, but she was his second choice for wife. Wow. Uh, Zach is his at 439K. He gained 70K this week. His Lauren Lyondike, you might yeah. say. His Molly Mesnick. And then we got bringing up the rear or the the disbanded couple of Micah Lucier, who's at 285K. She gained 44K this week. And Paul Paydon, who has 271K, up 36K this week. And of course, the big villain of the season, Irina Solomonova, is at 96.3K, up 12.6K from last week. She might break 100K and be the fucking villain of the season. You're just never going to see that in Bachelor it. now. Love to see it. <laughs> but that's kind of where these Love is Blind players stand. And like we said, all the Bachelor Season 27 players are pretty much iced now. Uh, we got to wait for some of them to start appearing on sand, for some of them to start doing other kinds of things. Maybe one of them might even make a second run in Bachelor Season 21 next January. We'll have to wait and see. But this is where we are. Um, Love is Blind, at least by this metric, by Instagram followers, absolutely dominating Bachelor. No one is close to these numbers in the Bachelor world contemporarily. Parasocial love is Netflix. There's something there. Love what? is <laughs> love is Netflix. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. Okay. Thought there might, uh, thought I might find something once I started talking. <laughs> Maybe you still will. We'll we'll keep talking. We still have some more talking to do. Maybe I still will. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll keep talking. Okay. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to that portion of our show where we are talking about those luscious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. Up first in Bachelor Nation News, the first and only Tropical Royale, Becca Kufrin, and the big body trash can himself, Thomas Jacobs, have announced that they are expecting their first child. The couple announced the big news this week via their Instagram main grids with multi-slide posts featuring sonograms of the incoming Bachelor Nation fetus, as well as images of the Kufrin Jacobs canines. Kufrin captioned her posts, 
in quotes, Party of Five coming September 2023. Little BB, we can't wait to meet you, hold you, and watch you grow. We already love you to the moon and back. Mom and dad, hashtag pregnancy announcement, hashtag BB, hashtag mom and dad, hashtag pregnant, not pasta. The co-host of Bachelor Happy Hour and the host of the defunct Bachelor Live on Stage met the big body trash can on Bachelor in Paradise season seven in 2021, where she was allowed special internet privileges as a protected player. Kufrin admitted to using those privileges to look up information about Jacobs while she was on sand a luxury no other players were given that season. Jacobs was presented by producers as a 4TWR villain in his rookie season of Bachelorette Season 17 after he was outed for daring to think about the possibility of becoming a Bachelor himself. Many members of the nation sent congratulations and well wishes to the expectant couple, including Bachelor in Paradise bartender Wells Adams, former host Chris Harrison, and fellow contestant Sabrina Pitt, Adam Goschalk, Gabby Wendy, and Abigail Herringer. Kufrin and Jacob's child will join the growing ranks of pure blood sand babies like those sired by <laughs> Jade and Tanner Tolbert, Evan Bass and Carly Waddell, Ashley and Jared Iaconetti, Raven Gates and Adam Goschalk, and Astrid Locke and Kevin Went. Love to continue that sand bloodline. Congratulations to Becca Kufrin and especially to big body trash can Thomas Jacobs who has had perhaps the greatest villain redemption story in the history of the game to overcome a brutal producer-crafted villain edit. Now, a lot of people were talking about Kufrin's pregnancy potentially being the reason that Bachelor Live on stage was canceled. I've seen this all over the forums. People are DMing me about it. Mm. I, I don't know. But I don't think that's true. I think the only reason... We can't blame the sand baby? Yeah, I don't think you can blame the sand baby. The, the sand, sand baby. <laughs> no, I. if enough tickets would have sold that it would have turned a profit, they would just get another host if Becca Kufrin doesn't want to do it. But I also think she could have done it. Like, it, it was last weekend, you know? I think she still could have done it. But again, they're not canceling something if enough tickets would have been sold. I think the only reason they canceled it is because no one bought tickets except us, essentially. <laughs> and, who, and whoever was going to go uh, come out for that weekend that we were going to be there, I think that was it. I mean, Dark Seeker was checking the the ticket sales like kind of on a weekly basis, and it was just, there was nobody doing it. I think they mismarketed it or didn't market it at all, for that mm -hmm. matter. And it was a dumb choice to do it over three weekends at this, like an Arizona hotel. Like, why fucking Arizona? Of all places, no offense to any Arizonians. It's not even an official Bachelor team. Yeah, like it should have been... If I was going to do it in one place, I would have put it in Chicago. Right in the middle of the fucking country. Heartland. Heartland. Chicago is usually, in terms of like TV viewership, it's right behind LA and New York for, for whatever is the thing, including Bachelor. Um, Arizona is just a... It's a strange place to have chosen. And it seems arbitrary or I don't know, maybe they gave it to him for free. But at any rate, I'm sure they gave it to him for free. And that's why. But I'm sure anywhere would give it for free. But it didn't even sell out the fucking resort. So like what benefit was yeah. it? You know, they just don't get it. Anyway, let's move on. Bad job. Kufrin isn't the only superstar player from Bachelor season 22 to be expecting a new addition to her family. Moulin Rouge group date winner Becca Martinez announced via an incredibly creative Instagram video that she and her fiance, Grayson Leonard, are about to welcome their third child. 
in the stop motion video titled three, a clay version of Martinez takes a pregnancy test and then shows the positive result to a clay Leonard who is in bed and passes out at the news. The due date is revealed as September 30th. Seemingly Martinez's due date uh, is circled on a calendar before their full clay family, including son Franklin <laughs> James two and daughter Ruth Ray de la Luz four come together for the final shot where Martinez's baby bump is on display. Martinez captioned the video, you only get so many social media pregnancy announcements. Might as well have a little fun with it. Pregnancy emoji, emoji, hashtag stop motion, hashtag claymation. Martinez Creative Endeavors received tons of congratulatory messages like, so creative, I love it, congratulations, from Ashley I. Kennedy, while Sarah Heron added, well, this just won the internet. Congratulations, I'm so excited for you. Five. This was outstanding. We're going to be talking about this a little later, as you can imagine, in Parasocial Plays of the Week, but just mm -hmm. stellar. Becca Martinez. Genre bending. Yes. Genre defining, I would even say. Ooh. Never seen a pregnancy announcement like this. Don't think you're no. ever going to see one again. Usually it's the more uh, sonogrammy, Kufrin style. Here's a picture of me and my. Uh, child's husband or my child's father almost my child's husband <laughs> here's the little pictures of our babe it's the sonogram it's the couple kissing creatures exactly if you got some pets you put on the pets kufrin even did the the little black board with the white letters on it um this was something entirely different uh, a genre defining moment i think congratulations to martinez i hope we see more like it. i agree they've already made the clay figures why not Sequel. Sequel. <laughs> the next Bachelorette, Charity Lawson, is in the news this week for a series of people-exclusive photos that were unveiled in what appears to be yet another mediocre afterthought of a promotion for the upcoming season of The Bachelorette. The three official photos released by People magazine feature Lawson standing on a beach in Fiji, which is one of the stops on the international round of her season. The angles, composition, and image selection are all indicative of what the Dark Seeker eloquently and aptly described as, in quotes, photos that look like they were taken by a middle-aged dad <laughs> on an iPhone 4. In recent seasons, the haphazard and amateur nature of how leads have been promoted and revealed has become expected. But it's still something that the producers and the marketing team behind The Bachelor need to overcome— they're going to have any chance of surviving the challenger to the reality TV dating throne that is Love is Blind. Our thoughts and prayers are with Charity Lawson in this trying time, and we sincerely hope her season is better than these photos. This is the first time I'm reading that it was in Fiji. I, I thought it was like Florida spring break, what it looked like. Yeah. there. If you haven't seen these pictures, look them up. Um, I just don't understand. There's no excuse for them. And I know that it's like people exclusive. And this is part of the, the promotion campaign for any se new season. While they're shooting it, they get the bachelor or bachelorette to go out into a, a solo location. Like that's probably a group date that they're going to have on the beach, I would guess, like a beach party in Fiji. And mm -hmm. so they sequester charity. They're like, come here for a second. We need to take these pictures. And uh, it's going to be a people exclusive. And we're going to roll that out as we're leading into your season premiering. I don't know who took these pictures. It's like very clearly taken just on a cell phone, some PA or something, just like snap, 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 here you go. There's no thought given to it. There, it's not mm -hmm. like you're not presenting your lead in this kind of heroic way that, you know, we talk time and time again on the show about that. The lead of Bachelor is a fucking hero. It's a superhero. 
this should not be thrown away. This should not be an afterthought, some no. shitty thing that you're just like, eh, fuck it, whatever. Get People Magazine these crappy photos. And it has nothing to do with Charity herself. She's literally a 10. All these people are 10s. They're of course. stunning, gorgeous person. It is all to do with the presentation. And it's, I, I think it's straight up rude. I think it's straight up rude. <laughs> there you heard it. Straight up rude. That it does. But even the stuff where they put like, there's just no effort put into it. You know what I mean? It's like whoever took these pictures, if they are a professional photographer, they were not on their best day. That's for sure. But I think more than likely, it was just somebody who had a phone. Get Franco Lacosta. Yeah. Get Franco Lacosta. Exactly. Set it up as a photo shoot. But I mean, even when we get into like, I'll just never forget the um, the Katie Thurston promotion in that purple outfit dress type thing, just how terrible it was. And that was something that they put maximum effort into. Like that yeah. was on a set with a whole photographer and all of that shit. Or, or the thing they did with Claire Crawley that was like the graduate movie poster ripoff that makes like no real sense. And she's not even fully featured in the poster. She's in the background looking through a man's leg. Just a big foot. <laughs> exactly. It, it's just, they don't, fucking understand how to do this and it is proven time and time again either that or they don't care about how to do it that may be part of it too just pure laziness i don't know i don't know how long whoever's doing these people magazine photos has done them but um maybe they're just bored and tired i don't know maybe you will never know but speaking of love is blind up next in bachelor nation news Love is Blind season four villain Jacqueline Bonds is violating her contract to shed some light on why she wasn't at the almost live Love is Blind reunion show. The Keeper of the Ring claimed that Netflix allegedly stopped her from attending the live reunion and canceled her flight due to, in quotes, <gasps> mental health concerns. She said, Netflix had me talk to a psychologist and the psychologist was the one that told us we weren't going to go. That was how it went down. Oh, I bet she was going to talk too much shit. Exactly. They called on a three-way conference call and they were kind of, oh, due to your mental health, we think it's best for you not to come to the reunion. So we can hide the horrible mental health effects that we've had on you? Because they all have to do mental health exams to get on the show. So it's deteriorated. Bonds further claimed that she and now boyfriend Josh Demis were given barely any notice before being booted from the taping on Sunday, April 16th, saying it was like a two-day turnaround. They told us the day before the reunion. Jackie's remarks come shortly after former cast members of the reality series claimed to Business Insider that they were put through, in quotes, emotional warfare while on the show. This seems to be confirmation of a theory we've discussed here on Gore, that the producers of Love is Blind didn't want to risk having Jackie in a live setting where they couldn't control her edit. I... I don't see any other reason to do this. No. I think they were going to fly her out. She started sending out the social media shit, contradicting the edit. She, you know, she had mm -hmm. all those posts where she was like, this shit's not real. I, you know, it, it was all centered around the... Too saucy. The too moment. Too T-E. Yeah, basically. Um, it was all centered around the moment where Marshall Glaze was at his tuxedo fitting for the wedding and she didn't show up to her dress fitting and then they cut it to make it look like instead of doing that, she was out with Josh Demas figuring out if they were going to be a couple or not. But in reality, she had already broken up with Marshall when she go when she went to meet Josh and she set that record straight in her social media. I think that happened and these producers were like, we cannot have her live on stage because we will not be able to control her. And that is it. This And we literally said this. 
when we watched the reunion. Yeah. And now it's coming out that that's yeah. true. I mean, this is speculation, but it feels accurate. She's saying it. Yeah. It's not speculation. She's saying it. She's either lying here or this is what happened. I think it's what happened. I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, finally, in Bachelor Nation news, big happy birthdays <laughs> to two of the most important players in history. Blake Horseman and Rachel Lindsay both started their next trips around our dying star on April 22nd. Happy birthday to these luminary figures in our beloved game. And now let's move on to discussing all those plays our favorite players are making off the field and on their telephones. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Huge week for parasocial plays, including some very important parasocial bebe announcements. It's baby's o'clock, and we don't mean Deanie. Hmm. Damn it. Hmm? Hoping for a bigger laugh than that, Clues. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That was good. It was good. At Victoria, a.k.a. Victoria Jameson, teamed up with Zeneb Jaffrey from Love is Blind Season 3 for a reel in which they mouth the hot one soundbite of Paul Rudd and Sean Evans saying, look at us, who would have thought? With the caption, just two Dallas girlies thriving on the other side of reality TV. The reel has 2K likes, 154,000 views. We love to see a cross-pit collaboration like this and hope to see more from this emerging dynamic duo. Gabby Wendy posted an Instagram in a sultry black dress with the caption, Clayton was supposed to propose to me in this dress. 146.4K likes. Eckert himself commenting, Bring the dress to Scottsdale this weekend, huh? Sultry AF. Charity and Kat made a joint TikTok this week with the theme, Take a shot if you made out with Zach with tongue. 6.9K <laughs> likes, 134.7K views. Little Dalai Lama reference there. The Tropical Royale herself, Becca <laughs> Kufrin, and now she and Big Body Trash Ken, a.k.a. Thomas Jacobs, are expecting... We covered this in news, but this parasocial play was astounding. Their first child, uh, via a photo collage, real posts of the pair, their two creatures with sonogram pictures. The caption reads... Party of five coming September 2023. Little BB, we can't wait to meet you, hold you, and watch you grow. We already love you to the moon and back. Mom and dad. Hashtag pregnancy announcement. Hashtag BB. Hashtag mom and dad. Hashtag pregnancy not positive. 375K likes, 6.2K comments, and 2.2 million <laughs> views. Again, 2.2 million views. Congrats on the first tropical Royale sand baby. And as pit dweller, Michaela Zaring messaged me, Bachelor Clues, with an image of this. And the uh, text that came with it said only this, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Small body trash can. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. That shit made me laugh so hard. Oh my God. I never stop laughing. All of the iterations of it, I think are funny. I personally like big body trash baby, but yeah, you know. Small body trash cans, pretty pretty tough to beat, in my opinion. Thank you, Michaela, for sending that. Thank you, Michaela. However, there can only be one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Becca Martinez. 
Kufrin wasn't the only one with a pregnancy announcement because one day before her post, Becca Martinez made this stop motion video with clay figures to make the announcement she's expecting this third child. The Wes Andersonian style reel shows her peeing on the stick, revealing the pregnancy, the whole family finally gathering together. The artistic piece has 95K likes, 824K views. While it may not have had as quite a big a reach as the first tropical sand bibe, Martinez's announcement took so much time and energy and is incredibly creative. We love to see players venturing out into new art forms to wield their parasocial prowies, prowesses, proweses over the nation. I fully expect her to be winning the Academy Award right next to uh, Tim Burton and Guillermo del Toro, who also makes stop motion movies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to talking about some of these these creatures. Feels great. Um, We had some good creature play. Jill Chin this week adopted a cat named Petunia, and she's helping her heal after the sudden death of her beloved cat, Sauce who we all miss. Uh, But Minnow and Leo this week get the parasocial creature of the week. These are, of course, the canines that are part of the family of Becca Kufrin and Big Body Thomas Jacobs. They are in the slideshow that Kufrin posted to her main grid, revealing the new addition to the family that is going to be arriving here in September. And in the second slide, Minnow and Leo don't actually look too happy to be welcoming this uh, new addition to the family, but they are so fucking cute in it. They don't know. They don't know. But don't uh, know. as always, these two canines really giving um, Pino and Ramen a run for their money, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to Minnow and Leo and to the Tropical Royale Becca Kufrin and to her paramour, Big Body, and to Small Body Trash Can. Somebody trash can baby. They also demonstrate, by the way, Pino and Ramen and Mino and Leo, the two different dynamic duo options that you have for parasocial creatures. You got same, same, and then you got big, small. Nice. Different. Speaking of big, small, and different, it is now time for <laughs> us to jump from the biggest part of the pit, the opening, into the smallest part, the very bottom, and issue fourth, our... Screams from the pit! My scream is a follow-up to last week's scream. I mentioned that I'm getting a puppy, my own creature, in one week from today. Six days from when you all are listening. And I said, I decided I didn't want to go with a work-related name like Goldini or Huju or Fimpy. Um... And I said the top three name choices on our live, our Patreon live last week. And Grace said immediately, good at job, made a poll. And the name, Luca Tony won. While technically, it was already my first choice, we have decided on the name Luca Tony. Oh. The pit provides. Congratulations. That's very exciting. Thank you. It's named after my favorite Italian soccer player. I don't watch soccer. And I definitely don't watch Italian soccer, but congratulations to you nonetheless. And uh, I can't you. wait to meet Luca Tony and see Luca Tony in all the various outfits that I'm sure Luca Tony will be wearing very soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've already bought one. <laughs> I know. I knew it. 
I bought my first creature tot. I couldn't help it. What is it? Or will this be a surprise to be unveiled in a live show? It's a surprise. But I also can't wait for Luca Tony to meet Skabulian. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I'm not sure Skabulian is a... Um, From a distance. Yeah. Maybe they can meet through Zoom. Kind of stare at each other. Exactly. No, it's a fantastic scream. Congratulations on uh, Luca Tony. And my scream this week has nothing to do with them creatures. It has to do instead with a surprise that was unveiled to us, which is, again, <laughs> the paperback version of our book is not only coming out, it already exists. Surprise! Uh, I, I just can't believe that we didn't know this was going to happen. Anyway, welcome yep. to the world of publishing. Um, this is my scream, however. As all of you know, in order to create How to Win the Bachelor, Pace Case and I had to embark on a journey, a hyper binge, where we watched every season of The Bachelor back-to-back, two-time speed, every episode, meticulously recording all the, the data, the plays, etc. Ten hours a day. At least, goddamn. And we kind of we kind of said to ourselves, like, if we're ever going to do this again, it's going to have to be on our own terms or something, like a slower binge to go through Bachelorette. Or perhaps mm-hmm. we do it on a different show like Bachelor in Paradise that doesn't have as many seasons. And so the hyper binge wouldn't take such a drastic toll on us. Mm-hmm. And as I'm looking at this box of paperback books of How to Win the Bachelor sitting on my floor, I begin thinking, <laughs> eh, it wouldn't be that hard to do a How to Win Love is Blind. And I begin mm-hmm. thinking about that game. I begin digging a new room in the pit. What are the mechanics of this game? What are the important statistics? What is the language that we would have to derive in order to speak about that game? It's not that different from Bachelor, actually. has a couple of other extra bells and whistles, but a lot of the same things, PTCs mm-hmm. and... All that shit, love levels, they all still yeah. apply. Although they do more interesting work with love levels. The forgotten is basically night one players. Yeah, exactly. They have similar kind of things, have slightly different terminologies, whatever. But my scream is that I'm now thinking about writing another book about a different fucking show. How did that happen? How did me and you starting to talk about Hannah Brown's season in episode six back in the fucking however long ago that was three and a half years ago, roughly? How did that now become? Oh, I'm thinking about writing the second fucking reality TV book. I have no idea. We were discussing this idea before we started recording this. And I know once we finished, I was like, once we finished How to Win the Bachelor, I was like, that was so much work. I don't think I could ever do that again. And maybe just enough time has passed that I kind of forget that. I'm kind of like, well... You know, it wouldn't be as hard. Like it's only four yeah. seasons, and no, it's a that is a huge scream. <laughs> Another book is a huge scream. I know. And then cut to two years from now, after we're told there will be no paperback of the Lo- How to Win Love Is Blind, a box of paperback shows up at my door. <laughs> I haven't even gotten a box. I'm now pissed. I have no. I have no box. You didn't even get them. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, if you're thinking about publishing a book out there, just do it yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> you okay, Clues? Any hoozle? I'm never okay. Grapeson. Grapeson? Me, Grapeson? <laughs> Let's move on. We now have another scream from someone deep in the pit. As you know, if you listen to this program with any regularity, if you have a scream from the pit, some admission about how your fandom of the show, of reality TV dating, of reality shows in general, has affected your life in some meaningful way. 
positive or negative or anything in between, if you have that scream and you need to unburden yourself, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses. You get on our discord and you record a one minute or shorter clip of audio. You upload it into the screams from the pit channel and discord and we play the best ones here and analyze them today. Our scream comes to us from someone called denim daddy. Are you ready for denim daddy's (laughs) scream? I don't think so. It doesn't matter. We have to listen to it. This is the pit. Here is that scream. Greetings, fellow pit dwellers. I'm here with a social media scream that will echo through the ages. I manage the Instagram account for my small business, and you can imagine my surprise when I receive a DM from none other than Jason Tartik himself. My first instinct was that the poor thing had been hacked, because why on earth would the future Mr. Female Goat be DMing my sustainable denim company? I read on, learning it's from his manager, and he's asking if I'd be interested in working together. Lo and behold, I find myself on a call with the team the following week. Turns out they want me to join their influencer gifting platform. I ask to see the deck, even though I can't afford any of these placements, and as of today, I have access to the partnership rates of the top-tier players from Bachelor and Love is Blind, and I'm very happy to report that the two players highlighted at the top of the deck are Grocery and KB the Female Goat. My only wish is that my small business will thrive for a few more spins around our dying sun so I can witness Grocery Store and Serener in matching decade studio jeans. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Phenomenal scream. This is achieving so many different things at once. I I can't even compute. First of all. Same. My head is spinning. Great advertisement. Get it on our show. You know. Second of all, I have an idea. Just send them, get the address, send them a free pair. You never know. They might wear it. That too. But my, the thing that is most mind-blowing to me about the scream is that groceries at the top of the fucking list. Hmm. What? How is that possible? What do you mean? He's the king of the... Groceries the... up there with Caitlin fucking Bristow? Where's <sighs> Hannah Brown? I don't know. Where's Tyler Cameron? Maybe they were like second and third, but how is he above them? I don't understand I this. Don't but this scream is fantastic. Thank you, Denim Daddy. I don't know. I also love calling t- <laughs> Gorgirl Tardic future Mr. Female Goat. Yeah. Um, stuff like this occasionally begins to happen where your fandom of the show starts to intersect with your professional life. And it can, in some cases, like in this case for Denim Daddy, give you access to strange professional information that maybe you've been curious about, like the social media advertising rates for any of these players. This is fascinating. (laughs) I would love to see this deck that was sent to you. If it's possible, I have no idea how to get that, but I I am now curious myself to see the entire thing. This is like field reporting. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And I feel like, uh, you know, documents like this, they don't mean as much to people who aren't in the pit. When this has become an (laughs) all-consuming passion of yours that has really redefined what your personality is, these documents become uh, elevated, shall we say. If you saw a document like this for like, you know, stars on ABC or something, you wouldn't give a shit. But if it's about The Mm -hmm. Bachelor, it's like, oh my God, this is gold. This is some secret world, some secret information that I've been given access to. (laughs) And so we thank you so much, Danum Daddy, for sharing that access to this information with us here, deep in the pit with your scream. Yeah, thank you. And good luck with your small business. Absolutely. Small businesses are uh, trying at times, but very worthwhile, very fun and fulfilling. But uh, we 
would remind everyone out there, if you have your own screams, again, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses, join us in the pit, get on that Discord, fire off a one minute or under audio clip of your scream, and we play them right here just like we did. But that is today's show. That is This Week in Bachelor Nation. Um, or are we changing it to This Week in The Nation? It's impossible to ignore Love is Blind's influence on all of this at this point. Twitten. 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 This Week in The Nation. The Nation This Week. I don't know how we change it up to incorporate Love is Blind. And what I'm sure is going to be now a significant amount of other reality shows that are hitting this level of success, uh, which is higher than The Bachelor. So... We thank you. We hope you have a great weekend and Mm -hmm. we will uh, see you next week. Monday, digging deeper, certified juicer. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about certified juicer. Oh God. We'll be back with that juicer on Monday. (laughs) And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,704 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then. And there it is, folks. A micro show, May Miracle, a full episode of Game of Roses. You know where to check them out. And we appreciate all your support. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, Friday, with more content.